It's not very often that August 6th falls on a Sunday like it does this year, so instead of celebrating the 18th Sunday in ordinary time, today we celebrate the transfiguration of the Lord, a great feast day of the church. So we have some added solemnity, some added joy, some fanciness, if you will, added to the liturgy today. And it's a good thing that it kind of throws us off just a little bit. We won't celebrate the 18th Sunday this year. There's a little disruption, a little bump in the regular flow of all the green of ordinary time and the consistency of Matthew's gospel. And I think that's actually a real blessing, not just because we get to break out the fancy incense or the gold stuff or all the good things that we say for special occasions, but because it is a good thing for us to be challenged from time to time, to not be in the groove of things and to have a little bit of a change of scenery, a little bit of change of what we hear, what we see, and that's exactly what the whole point of the gospel is today. The disciples have never seen Jesus transfigured in his glory before. Previously in Matthew's gospel, he just got done telling them that, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm the son of man. Surprise, surprise. They're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to end up dying, by the way. But don't worry, I'm coming back. He starts to reveal these things to them. And I could imagine after following Jesus, they're thinking, what? I know you do great things, but you're telling me that you're God? You're telling me that you're going to do all of these things, you're going to raise from the dead? Really? There might be a little bit of uncertainty there. There is an, a disruption in their ebb and flow of day-to-day -day life. Sure, Jesus goes all over the place to preach, to teach, to raise from the dead, to heal people, to expel demons, to do all of these wonderful things. But many of the prophets of the Old Testament done, did great works as well. This isn't anything spectacularly new to them, but for him to say that I am God, period, was kind of like, okay, whatever you say, Jesus. So there's a disruption. They go up this mountain, and they see him transfigured, and they get afraid. Peter, like he always does, keeps talking. Lord, it's good that we're here. Let me make three tents. That way you, Moses, and Elijah can keep hanging out. You can have your little powwow. Maybe Peter was a little bit terrified. If I give them tents and they go in there and start talking, we won't be able to see all of this. Nothing scary will happen. And then as he keeps talking, St. Matthew is taking a little jab at Peter there. As Peter kept talking and running his mouth, the voice of God the Father came from heaven. Hush, Peter. This is my beloved son. I am well pleased with him. Listen to him. Be quiet. Listen to what he says. He hears the voice of God the Father. This is my son. This is God in the flesh, finally revealed. No one just goes up to a mountain on a regular basis and has your clothing transformed into bright light or your face shining with brilliance. The Old Testament prophets don't just pop up out of the ether and start talking to you on a normal basis. That was terrifying. Be quiet, Peter, and listen. There's a challenge that all of us will receive from this gospel, from this celebration of the transfiguration of the Lord. But for each person, it's going to be different. Because the Lord is challenging us to reconsider who he is to us, what our image of him is. How do we see Jesus Christ? Because we can fall into one of two camps that are kind of not extreme, but not fully the fullness of God. Maybe you have a really great relationship with our Lord Jesus. Maybe you see him as a friend, as a brother. Good, you should, because he is. But we can get too familiar sometimes and just start to see Jesus as this miracle worker, this really good guy who said some really nice things. 
And we fail to see that Jesus is the Almighty. Jesus is the King. Jesus is God. We need to be challenged in that regard, that it's not just me and my Jesus. It's me and the God who loves me, who took on flesh for me, who calls me into relationship, but who is still God, who is still the Almighty, who is still more powerful than I am. We can get too familiar with Jesus and not see his divinity, but we can also fall onto the other side of Jesus is the Almighty and I cannot go near him. Yes, he is the Almighty, and there is a certain reverence and respect that we should hold for the Lord, but he still invites you to realize that he is a human being who took on flesh for you. The apostles, the disciples, the three of them who were brought to the mountain, Peter, James, and John, they were challenged. They saw Jesus in his humanity all this time. They saw him walking heard him talking, they dined with him, they saw him do wonderful things, but they saw Jesus the human, Jesus the man who could do lots of great things. But now, now the story is different. They see him literally transfigured before him, turned into something different in the fullness of his glory. That, friends, is a prefigurement of what we will experience in heaven. To see God in his entirety, to see him in the fullness of who he is, Jesus still has his body, his glorified body. He really is risen from the dead. He really is ascended into heaven. And he is seated on the throne at the right hand of God the Father. We say all of that shortly in the creed. He really is there, but when we get to heaven, we behold him face to face for eternity. But we can't behold someone face to face that we have no clue who they are. We have to know who it is to gaze into their eyes as they gaze into ours. We have to know the Lord Jesus. We have to allow him over and over again to challenge our image of who he is. Maybe you're in a moment in life right now where you're looking at Jesus going, I thought you were a really great guy, but I have all these hardships going on in life. So what is this about? Are you not good? Do you not love me? Maybe you're in life right now where everything is just all thanksgiving because things are going swimmingly. Jesus, thank you so much for all of these good gifts. I know that you are all good. That will change from time to time. I'm sorry to say. We will be challenged. We will have to reimagine who the Lord is, but we have to do that in the truth that he reveals to us. In his three years of public ministry, Jesus kept saying great things, doing great things, raising people from the dead. He's curing people miraculously. He's really angering the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's challenging everyone, and he continues to challenge us as well. There's kind of a paradox there in the Christian life that the greatest moment of revelation for us in the church is also the hardest one to grasp, that in just a few moments, bread and wine will be transfigured, if you will, before your very eyes, that Jesus, again, lifted up before you, will be in the flesh, there won't be Moses and Elijah or a host of angels popping out out of thin air. Well, I hope not. That would be something. There won't be a clap of lightning or thunder. There's not going to be some big booming voice from heaven, this is my son. But you will hear the booming voice of Father Matthew, this is my body, which will be given up for you. This is my blood. Take it. Drink it. Receive me. Be in this relationship with me. Let me challenge you. But he doesn't just challenge us to diminish us. He doesn't just challenge us so that we can, you know, really have a hard time trying to grasp what we're supposed to think about, how we're supposed to see him. How does he want to be 
experienced or known. He challenges us so that we can, rev- we can be open to his revelation of who he is deeper and more truth and more sincerity. So sure, that might be difficult, but the challenge is still there. So whatever your image of the Lord is, think about it. How do you see Jesus? Do you still see a crucified Savior? Do you see someone risen? When you think of Jesus, do you see an empty tomb? Or someone divvying out a bunch of fish and bread on a mountainside? Do you see someone who runs toward you with a smile, waiting to embrace you with reconciliation? Do you see someone who's angry, chasing after you, ready to pop you because of your sins? All of these might be good, but they're not the fullness of who Jesus is. And he wants to correct that. He wants to fulfill that. He wants to reveal more to you, to challenge you, so that you too can hear the voice of God the Father with all sincerity and openness, not to be afraid or fall to the ground like Peter, James, and John, but with love, with comfort, with consolation, with warmth. Hear the voice of God the Father and know that shortly on this altar, This is the Son of God. This is God himself. The Father is well pleased in him and in good sacramental living of the church. Hopefully he's pleased with us as well. No matter what the burden is, no matter what the sin, none of that defines us. We are called to approach this mountaintop as well. Jesus calls you to the mountain today to see him transfigured, to see him transformed, to see him taking flesh before your very eyes, to meet him in a new way, to be challenged, and but to know in your heart fully that this is the beloved Son of God. May we always have the grace of the Holy Spirit, as the Father told Peter, to listen to him. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit www.ctklsu.org.